This is Jim Meskimen as Morgan Freeman saying, Keep listening to Love That Voiceover. You'll be glad you did. Brought to you by voiceover artist Rebecca Michaels-Hall, also known as Love That Rebecca. Hello, all you fabulous, beautiful, sexy, awesome people listening. I am very excited to have you on Love That Voiceover today because we have somebody that you don't normally hear from, somebody who's doing fantastic voiceover work. He's a voiceover accomplished voiceover artist, actor, screenwriter, and stand-up comedian with years of diversified experience. He's also heard worldwide in TV and radio commercials, video games, films, and various animated films and TV shows, which we will talk with him about. His name is Joey Kamen. Welcome, Joey. Hey, love that Rebecca. Rebecca, how are you? <laughs> Good. Um, we're so excited to have you today because we also know something about you that isn't in the bio. You are uh, you worked with or worked or were mentored by Dawes Butler. Isn't that true? Yes, that was many, many years ago. I was uh, actually only 18 years old when he took me as his protege. Uh, I was working as a stand-up comedian at eight. I was actually working as a stand-up comedian at 17, and I did all different kinds of voices and characters in my act, and I'd always done uh, different voices. I was kind of a natural mimic, and I had a roommate at the time who was all of 23 who uh, was writing on a radio, radio show, and he says, he talked to Dawes and said, well, you have to meet my roommate Joey. Uh, he's, uh, you know, does all kinds of voices and stuff. He's a stand-up comedian. And Dawes, uh, little did we know, Dawes started one of the first jobs he had as a kid uh, when he was uh, around 17, 18, like me, was as a stand-up comedian in Chicago and in Ohio. Uh, he did impressions of like wow. George Raft and, and Humphrey Bogart and stuff like that. So he came to the comedy store, you know, to make sure that I had the talent, you know, because you couldn't be his, you couldn't, you know, study with him if you weren't I don't mean to toot my own horn. You had to be talented. You couldn't just walk in and study with Dawes Butler. Right. So, right, he came to the comedy store and saw me, and I actually got him to go up on stage, and he went up on stage for like 40 minutes and did all these different characters and stuff, and, you know, people were yelling out at the audience, because he was doing Huckleberry <laughs> Hound. Well, for people, the young people listening, Dawes Butler is Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound, Quick Draw, Snagglepuss, Jinx, Pixie, Augie Doggy, Captain Crunch, Wally the Gator, Lippy the Lion. He's all these characters. Him and Mel Blanc were the two most, at the time, were the two most famous uh, animated voiceover actors in the world and um, he got up on stage and was doing all his characters and he just loved it and he came to the store a couple times and <laughs> he asked if uh, I would be his protege and I, I, I was thrilled. Wow. You know? I would be too. I mean, how can you not be? So what happened next? Well, he, he had a, a... You said yes. He, I said yeah and I started studying with him in uh, privately in his workshop. He, he lived in Beverly Hills I think his wife still lives there. She's in her 90s, Murda. Murtis, Murtis, and um, she in, in, in his garage, uh, it was like a little guest house garage in the back there. Uh, actually, it was a guest house, and it was his studio where he had like a workshop going on, and he had a little recording studio in there. And we would study. And uh, Dawes' focus was on the acting, the craft of uh, of acting and voice. And I had a good ear. Um, so I could do all different kinds of characters and, and characterizations, too, and dialects. And he, what he did for me more than anything was give me confidence because I was this insecure kid. Mm. He would just tighten up things for me, you know, 
that sort of thing and, and focus on the acting, the acting. And he was always focused on the acting for me. Can you remember any tips that he gave you uh, in order to focus on the acting? Uh, it was staying in character and staying true to the character. So, I mean, if I was doing an Italian guy, I'd be like, hey, what's going on here? Keep your voice and stay strong and focus and become the character. I mean, it's really hard to remember. It was really a long time ago, but all I because I have cards and postcards from him that I saved that were like um, talking about the acting. Because I was on a sitcom uh, when I was in my uh, early uh, uh, 20s uh, for public, uh, public PBS, you know, public television station. Yeah. He'd always write, write me a little card saying, hey, your acting's getting better, you're focusing on the acting, good job, Joey, that sort of thing, your mentor does, you know, things like that. So wow. it, it's, it was a very long, very long time ago. But uh, yeah, so I just remember I studied with him for about uh, a year and a half, and I did his workshop, I think, for like six months. There were a lot of people, not a lot of people in the workshop, there may be like six or eight people in the workshop, too. But I was lucky enough to be one of his protégés. I, I don't even think there were six proteges that he had uh, through, a, wow. through a period and, through, and through a period of maybe 10 years I'm not really sure I mean some people will be more accurate than me it's just like uh, I, I was just so young and did you realize the level that he was at at that time no I, I, looking back I, I, I wasn't as appreciative as I am now <laughs> Because I was kind of like a cocky kid, you know, and I, you know, I was in Hollywood. I started, you know, performing at the comedy store, which was, you know, I was, uh, I had, I, I guess I was just a natural. I hadn't only been on stage several times in my whole life and I was made a regular performer. <laughs> and, uh, so. That's really great. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Right. You were, you were natural. You didn't realize what was, uh, what was happening to you in a no. way. And to have him mentor you was pretty spectacular, especially with such a select group that you were a part of, right? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, so, so when you, when you reflect back on that time with Dawes Butler, what would you say is your biggest takeaway? My takeaway would be to focus on the acting of the piece, the character that you're doing. Um, and because it was, all, it was character voices, it wasn't you know announcing or you know he's an animation guy you know he's, right. he's Yogi Berry, he's Huckleberry Hound, <laughs> no so kidding. it wasn't about you know it wasn't the cl- the class and his mentorship wasn't about uh, you know uh, you know sounding like a, everybody every other announcer in the world or anything like that or doing announcing stuff you know even though he did do regular. Uh, work once in a while, I think, as an announcer, but it was more in the form of uh, sketches and things, because he was, goes back, this is a long time ago, with Stan Freeberg and all that stuff. He was uh, in a show in the 50s called Beanie and Cecil, which was on L.A., which was him and Stan Freeberg were partners. He did the first comedy album that was a gold record called St. George and the Dragon Net. And uh, so it was always focused on staying in character, being the character. I mean, even if you saw a picture of the character, a cartoon character or whatever, you would look at that and try to give it the voice that you thought it would have. And I've always taken that with me, like when I'll read for an animated series, you know, they, you know, agent will send you the copy and there'll be a picture of the character. I try to think what the character would sound like. Just use your own imagination. Or if it's for a video game, and there's a picture. Because a lot of times it's not a picture, but once in a while, the agent will send you a PDF and there'll be a photo. And you I, get one, and, yeah. And, and I try to think what, what the yeah. character would sound like. And that's what I've, I've, I've taken with me all these years uh, from, from his teaching, you know. We'll take a real quick break and be right back. 
Hello, this is Ida, and Ida loves Rebecca. Like you probably do, loving that Rebecca want to listen to the show via iTunes. Make your life easier. Hook it up through the iTunes store. Look up Love That Voiceover. Three words, Love That Voiceover. It's not so hard, is it? And then download it and put it on all your devices. So when you're portable, so is Love That Voiceover. Oh, internet, it's so wonderful. (laughs) All right, let's jump back in. I'm so verklempt. I'm here with Joey Kamen. Oh, you fabulous. Love that voice of a listener. You're in for a treat. Hello, Joey. Hello, my dear. <laughs> That's my character, Ida. Hello, Ida. How are you? What's going on with you, darling? Oh, honey. Oh, I'm good. Oh, Joey, you just changed on me. Well, I didn't want to go there, but you was talking. You sounded sweet. I am sweet. I'm a little a little sour when I want to be. People tell me my son, the dentist, without a husband. <sighs> let's come into present now. I mean, let's talk about, Joey, let's focus on the entrance to voiceover. You talked about being a stand-up comedian and having Dawes Butler incredibly uh, uh as your mentor, you talked about being on on stage with him and doing stand up, and that he was supporting you to be to be a really strong actor. But you did end up kind of becoming a voice actor. You have large, long list of credits uh, for voice acting. Can you tell us how that started for you into the voice acting arena? Um, talking about Norm Prescott and those early days, and then and then we'll move forward from there. But tell us about the early sure. days. Sure. I, uh, the first voiceover job I ever had actually came through the comedy store. I was performing, and Norm Prescott was the, the him and Lou Scheimer were the head of a studio uh, in the seventies called uh, Filmation Studios. They produced Fat Albert, uh, Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, uh, Superman, uh, He Man. I think it was called. He was like the Norman Lear of oh Saturday, morning, car- of Saturday morning cartoons. And Norm saw me perform. And uh, he liked me. He goes, Can you come over here, kid. I think I was like 19. And he, uh, <laughs> we talked about voiceover, and he had me make a, a demo tape. And the way I made the demo tape, this was, you'll, people will find this fascinating. I just I was thinking about this the other day before our, our interview, and most people don't know. I don't think anybody would suggest this nowadays. But what he had me do was uh, pick up the Sunday funny papers, mm-hmm. and I'd cut out all the characters, the, the funny, funny papers that I'd like. And I would, I would, I would, I would, make up the characters as they sounded as I thought they sounded and read the funny strips into the cassette so I'd like they would be like mama and I'd talk like Val I, how are you doing today I'd do an old Jewish woman <laughs> yeah. and then I'd do a little character sounding I do a little voice I guess for a small guy and whatever I would figure out and that would be my demo tape and he heard it he says okay Joey I want to give you a job and he gave me a job on Tarzan Lord of the Jungle where I played a the beast in the iron mask awesome a real deep voice and I was only 19 and I was really, I was only 19 years old. So that's how it started off. Uh, wow. Me, and I, that got me into SAG. That got me into the Screen Actors Guild. Wow. Uh, so, <laughs> and he had- and he even had to call himself because I, I, had, I had no credits then. So he even he even sat there in his office with me and called Screen Actors Guild and told them that uh, he, uh, he was putting me in the show. And they gave him a little bit of crap about it. He said, no, I'm putting him in it. That's awesome. You know? And uh, he himself, so... So, so to have a CEO of a, a big company like that call the Screen Actors Guild for you, and he, he was just a gem of a man, Norm Prescott. He was just a wonderful, wonderful person. And uh, 
uh, and, and very supportive of young talent. Apparently. So that's how I started. And what uh, an entrance! Yeah, so so that's how I started. Yeah, that, so that was my entrance, and then I ended up uh, making a professional uh, uh, demo tape uh, with actually a guy that you uh, work with, uh, Tom Pinto, did my first demo oh, tape. Yeah. Oh yeah! Uh, my God! And uh, did my did my first demo tape, and then I shopped it around, and I got an agent right away, and started working. You know, uh, incredible, incredible, wonderful start. It's different in Hollywood than it is in different different markets around um, uh, the country, and and it was different back then too. Sure, it was different back then. It was a smaller pool. It was a smaller pool of talent and people and jobs available, but still, I worked. So it it was always fun. Speaking of working, let's jump to present because you're doing a lot of work. Let's talk about some of the credits that you have more yeah, recently. Well, well, you said there was one when we first started our phone call, everybody. He was telling me about something that isn't even on IMDb yet. It's still pretty fresh. But you're allowed to talk about it, right? There's there's a... Yeah, because it, because it just came out this month and it's all over YouTube and that sort of thing. It's called Skylander's Swap Force. And I do the voice of Terrafin, who is this giant shark. And I've done it for Skylander's Giants and uh, television commercials and that sort of thing. And... Uh, his uh, big line is, it's feeding time. It's feeding time. And Tara Finn is a big shark, a big old shark, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see him when you were talking. Yeah. That was so cool. So, uh, What are some of the other current, more current credits that you've done? I want people to be not only impressed with how you got started, but I want people to realize to the, to the, to the depths of their toes what kind of credits uh, you've accumulated. Can you tell us some other things you've been doing more recently? More, more recently, um, it, it's just been a series of the of the Skylander stuff. Uh, it's been a lot of that. Um, separate commercials. I, well, there's a couple things I can't talk about that are animated. All right, uh, we'll we'll hold um, off on those. <laughs> I mean, if, if you want to go on IMDb, you can. Yeah, we can see all uh, kinds. I mean, of my stuff. credits range from all the way from uh, from the past, from Smurfs to Space Jam to to Superman to. Here, let me help you. All, all, all different kinds of things. I, I, I looked up a list of, uh, of uh, projects, including video games. Okay, Skylanders, Giants, uh, Transformers, Dark of the Moon, and Mafia 2. Uh, the online series Sam and Max, where he, vo- where he voiced two seasons as Bosco. And the entire Jimmy Two Teeth family. <laughs> That's fun. And you also uh, yeah. did McGruff the Crime Dog for a series of DVDs shown in public schools throughout the United States. So besides that, he's also been doing stand-up comedy. Do you still get up on stage with stand-up? Once in a while. Once in a while I'll get up uh, for like if I'm going to help a friend out with a benefit or um, they pay me. Oh, you don't like to get up there and just work <laughs> uh, well, work out, okay, okay. see work new material or anything like that? No, because I don't. Uh, you know, I've done it for so long. Uh, I really don't need to to do that. I have no venue where I'm. I'm not going on the road to go work a, a comedy club where I need to do a 45 minute to an hour set. So I have no need for that right now. If I was going to go on the road and do comedy clubs in Vegas and that sort of thing, I would focus on that. But my main focus for the last few years, several years actually, has been uh, the voiceover work Fantastic. and uh, also my writing. Speaking of which, I just want to mention really fast that Joey has launched a book, his first book. And uh, you want to tell us just a real quick overview of that? 
Sure. Um, my uh, passion project is my, my book about uh, my, my shelter dog. It's called My Life with Snoopy, How One Shelter Dog's Love Changed a Man's Life and Other Tales of Adventure. Uh, it's www.mylifewithsnoopy.com. And it's a, it's a funny and heartwarming story of uh, my life with my 13-year my relationship with my shelter dog. And it just came out October 1st. And it's, it's uh, gotten great reviews on Goodreads. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's my passion project and my dog. And I'm a big animal lover, and I'm so pleased because uh, you d- adopted the dog from a shelter, and, and that's a really um, – we all should be doing that much more. Shelters are a great place to save an animal's life, and you did that, and you were changed in the process. So congratulations on the book and uh, and sharing the experience. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fun it's a, it's a fun read and easy read so yeah that's that's what I've been doing uh, lately and that's my side project that, and I'm promoting it now so <laughs> alright until next time and we'll talk to Joey some more about some of the things he thinks people ought to know thanks for listening to lovethatvoiceover.com lots of love to you you sexy beautiful adorable person take care <laughs>